Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. It's time to rip off the mask and get to the task. And let's talk about grass because it's time to jump into the rotation. It's Sunday and my name is Gary Stein. I'm your political director for Florida Normal, along with my co-host, Carlos Jose Ermida. Uh, that's me. I'm Carlos. I'm going to go live on Instagram, guys, so I'm going to walk away here. Uh, thanks for the <laughs> And from inside the beltway, just on the edge, the precipice of the third cycle, the third uh, circle of hell, <laughs> we have Chris Pino, our, our executive director, dealing with the uh, aftermath of what was obviously a political theater yesterday in the um, last few days. Man, if, if, we, if folks haven't been paying attention to their... Uh, Social media, which we obviously know everyone does. Uh, yeah, here in the Beltway, they uh, they acquitted uh, President, former President Donald Trump, for the second time uh, in a year of about a year. Or so that uh, yeah, our tax dollars to pay these guys overtime just breaks my heart. Well, if you look at the constitutional uh, <clears throat> attitude of it, that you read the way that you're supposed to do a. Uh, an impeachment. It almost seems like it's set it up so that no nobody can ever get a number of uh, votes to be recalled unless it's something severely, severely egregious. But when politics were involved, it's a matter of a lot of politicians just saying, well, I, I want to vote this way, but I got to vote this way. It, it really does not give you an idea as to exactly what they're thinking, except for what their party is thinking. People have to worry about getting losing uh, campaign finances and things of that sort. And so they might vote one way. And it's the same thing with the cannabis uh, laws when it comes to voting for them and voting against them. They're always thinking not necessarily what is the best for our constituents, but what will garner me the most amount of campaign funds or what will make me lose voters if I vote the other way. And, and that's an issue because how would they know just exactly how many of their constituents are pro-cannabis versus those that are not? Well, Gary, money assumptions, money in politics is is a big problem as to why things can't get done uh, in D.C. And even beyond that, at the local level, you know, at state level in Florida, you know, the county level in Hillsborough, the local level in Tampa, that influence of money in politics continuously drives a wedge between the will of the voters and what elected officials actually do in, in, in practice. And, and there's we, money in politics. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, but the, 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 you know, we see that in, in, in you know, this acquittal of, of Trump in that, you know, only seven uh, Republicans uh, went for conviction. Now, again, this is not a not guilty vote. This is a non-acquittal. You need 67 senators uh, for an actual conviction. They got 57. They needed 10 more Republicans um, to, to vote uh, with Democrats and those other seven Republicans to, to actually uh, convict of impeachment. Now, that being said, impeachment 
is is a highly partisan uh, issue in a lot of cases, uh, you know, because you have a, a base which has been cultivated by President Trump. Uh, you know, to basically uh, fall in line like he is their de facto leader of their party. And you have a long establishment Republicans who have run for president before, like Mitt Romney. You have uh, folks who have been in the game, you know, 30, 40 years who look feel as though that they're, they're the voices and leaders of the party. So while the Republican Party is having a civil war, if you will, and, and fracturing uh, over these issues. The fact is, is that money in politics is the winner of the day. And there is no more prevalent issue of the divide between the will of the voters and the practice of the politicians than cannabis prohibition, because money has always been injected. Their money has always been the core um, reason stakeholders have fought to keep prohibition as the status quo in this country. And now that there is a cannabis industry, there's money coming in uh, from all sides. And it's not a two-sided issue anymore either, because now you have this issue of big cannabis uh, you know, with vertically integrated huge companies fighting against allowing mom and pop uh, uh, businesses to come into an industry like Florida. So money in politics uh, really is the root of all evil. Well, and it's also within our advocacy as well. Now, there's a good group out there called the, the Marijuana Policy Project, currently run by a gentleman by the name of Stephen Hawkins. And uh, the, the two previous leaders, they, they kind of fell out of favor due to various issues, that, personal issues that they had. But one of the things that the MM, they, that I had complained about in regards to the Marijuana Policy Project is that they really kind of put, away, put Florida aside. They let us ha fight it on our own. And they fought for other states in, instead at that point in time. And I kind of took Steve to task at that last time that I saw him. He said, well, don't worry. We're working on a national effort and <clears throat> we'd want you to get involved. Well, <clears throat> the United States Cannabis Coalition was just started this last week as a huge coalition of all the corporates across the country, across the country. And Marijuana Policy Project is, uh, is heading this, uh, spearheading this effort. And I went and looked at their pamphlet to see what it would take for us to join the uh, USCC. The, the bottom level, the bottom level uh, membership level is $10,000. <laughs> oh, wow. The top level is Three hundred thousand dollars. So, like, what for normal to join that? Anybody, yeah, or, organization, individual. Really? If you don't have more money than God, and I don't think God even has a wallet, but we're gonna get, get to that later. That's theology. Uh, you you just can't get involved <laughs> because because money rules. And I was I, I'll be honest here. I was naive when I got started with this industry. I was in it for patients getting access to medicine. And that's all I concentrated on was getting that bill passed. I had no idea there was a tsunami of corporate business flowing behind me, just waiting to get out, kind of like a genie in a bottle, kind of like the uh, everything flying out of Pandora's box, as it were. And I opened up that Pandora's box. Well, so we, the good stuff went out left, but so did the bad stuff. What, what's funny about me is that when I first got into this, I thought that economic interest was going to be like the main contributor i thought like uh you know businesses wanting and lobbying the government to allow for a marijuana business would be like the best thing possible but apparently businesses are corrupt and i was wrong about that well if ever you've been bitch slapped by the invisible hand of the economy you should know that <laughs> it, it, it can be a cruel mistress and, and less personal and, and more into the numbers and situation like that and we got to get get back to humanity at, at some point in time and make it about the patients, not just about the dollars. But apparently the dollars do have a major performance standard 
when it comes to getting things done. Yeah. But I mean, can we just like make it about like people like, you know, the, the idea behind the cannabis movement when it, like when normal first started normal's idea was that it was a victimless crime. Nobody should go to jail because they're smoking a joint. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with getting high guys. That was literally like the, the, the whole idea. And then like Jack Carrere came out and then the medical movement started, started getting a lot of traction. And I, I don't know. I think it should just be about personal freedoms. Wow. Personal freedoms. You sound so libertarian. I, I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But here's the thing. It's like, I don't sound libertarian when like, you know, things are hurting other people. And that's the thing is like cannabis isn't even, it's, it's doing nothing but helping people that consume it. So, so, you're, so you're not a Randian uh, libertarian, right? I, I don't know who Rand is. Ayn Rand. And in in Atlas Shrugged. Atlas, the what? world, the world of I got smart. You're very like philosophical <laughs> today, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, I, I thought I thought you were uh, like he's a Rand Paul libertarian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's who Rand Paul was named after. Was Ayn Rand. So yeah, that, that it's and, and you know, it's like, more power to Ron. He must have been stoned at the time when he did that. But he, <laughs> he named his son after after Ayn Rand, whose <clears throat> humanist ideal of the world is that uh, basically everybody's in it for themselves. And right. that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Mm. Every, everything else is frivolous. I, I don't know. You never I, you ever read the fountainhead? I think, I think everything except for humans are, well, humans are in it for themselves, but the way I like to say that is that humans are the only thing on this planet that have the ability to prosper and not be in it for themselves. Everybody else is selfish. Read the selfish gene, well, Richard Dawkins. I got to mention today because it happens to be, I like February this. This, is, this should just be like a, a the philosophy show. You guys just want to talk philosophy the whole time. We, we, we can do, but I got I got to get kill through our viewership. I got to get through this first. Part. <laughs> right now, it's February fourteenth, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with the with, with the uh, <clears throat> the Hallmark calendar, that today is Valentine's Day. Okay. Yes. Today and and. and my, my wife always says, you know, all you care about, all, all you really love is, is cannabis. And I say, no, nah, not really. I love you, too. Aww. And, and then a close second, I guess. No, but the whole thing was that I got into this business basically because of that. She was having glaucoma that was ripping her apart and all the medicines out there didn't work. And so I thought, well, I know about the studies that happened in the, in the late 70s, early 80s in regards to glaucoma. And let's go ahead and see if we can't make this legal for her. And so I got into this business for the love of my wife. And <clears throat> yes, dear, you are not. I know you're not watching this right now, but you're going to watch it on rerun. So I want you to know, happy Valentine's Day. I happen to love you. You are the love of my life. And this is the 41st Valentine's Day. And it just keeps getting better. Like Weed's the only thing I love. I don't have a Valentine's Day. Well, except for actually, you know, we do have studies also, which says that uh, cannabis actually enhances love, not the fake stuff, not the stuff where you go into a bar and you come home with somebody you don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's when you come home with somebody, you'll know them so much better, uh, at least by the time you get home. <laughs> and you'll actually know them the day afterwards as well, because it, it's a whole, it, the whole thing is about, uh, if you're familiar with Freudian, of course, alcohol ha, uh, enhances the id Whereas cannabis enhances the ego. The ego is the, the decision-making part of your brain, 
whereas the id is the fight or flight analytic instinctive kind of, kind of thing. So when you go more with your id, then you go with less decision making power, and therefore you end up leaving the bar with possibly uh, the uh, owner's dog. You never know. For for eight. <laughs> so, so Gary, if I could translate in layman terms for folks who are listening, absolutely. Uh, when you when you drink alcohol, you're more likely to wind up in one of those coyote ugly situations versus <laughs> when you smoke weed, you're 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 more likely to actually uh, realize that the, you should not be bringing that particular person home, even though it's three in the morning. But wouldn't mm-hmm. it be great if there was a, actually a consumption lounge available here in in Florida or in this country where you can go there and alcohol is actually frowned upon, but cannabis is actually con- is is the norm, and you you can co- connect with, with like minded people in that kind of situation in a bar like situation, but with the with the substances switched out. Interesting, interesting, very very much so. I mean, uh, I've seen it happen at pop ups, you know, in D.C. where you know they'll have them at a at a local bar, and no one will go to the bar that night. But everybody will be, you know, uh, at the at the dab rigs. Folks are out there getting their edibles and their flowers and their pre rolls. So yeah, most definitely, Just like, uh, you know, when, you can see it when we hold events at like bars and shit like that, like uh, almost every time the bartender's like, "Yo, this is the chillest crowd I've ever served." <laughs> 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 it's like nobody got angry. Like people normally get angry when I'm working. Yeah. And- <laughs> people were polite. <laughs> they waited their turn. They had no problem waiting for the bartender to get to them. <laughs> and the drunk guy threw glass the other guy caught it and laughed for 15 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so if we're seeing uh, you know cannabis help you make better decisions uh than you would on alcohol if we're seeing uh cannabis you know having customers and, and businesses have more polite interactions with one another then why oh why for the love of god do we consistently see these um false studies coming about that saying smoking high uh, amounts of THC in your flower, smoking really good bud causes psychosis and makes you go crazy and turn into this murderer. Well, why, why does, why does the same talking points from the 1920s and thirties keep resurfacing today as bulk science, which so many uh, legislators around the country are having to ingest from groups like Sam, uh, smart approaches to marijuana or, or, uh, you know, these, these supposed experts from Harvard so, and Yale, you know, so I think it's not that we hate Kevin Sabat. It's just that we don't like him very much, <laughs> very, very much. <laughs> um, so, so I think about my dad, right? Like my dad told me that the main experience that he had with marijuana is that he had a roommate that used to like to smoke it. Right. And I remember like, you know, my father really doesn't know much about marijuana. I remember being at like a NASCAR race with him because he's like really into racing and like, we're walking past this field and I'm like, smell something and my ears perk up and my eyebrows go up and I'm like, you know, and I kind of like, I guess I had like a show off moment to my dad. He's like, dad, you smell that? And he's like, yeah, what is that? And he doesn't sound like that. Oh, wait, <laughs> Poppy is into NASCAR. But ba- Poppy is into NASCAR. I am absolutely but, shocked. Um, shocked <laughs> but, uh, but we're passing by the field and I'm like, so you smell that? that that's weed, dad. That's fucking weed, man. That's fucking awesome. And um, he's like, oh, geez. Oh, no. It's like, let's get out of here. And 
No, but I, I think about it, right? And it's like my dad stayed away from it because he like, you know, he's got this romantic idea, Cuban idea of having a son. And he's like, I am going to live an outstanding life because one day I will have a son and I have to be an example for him. And, you know, I will stay away from everything that's illegal. Right. So I think the fact that it's illegal has caused a lot of people to uh, really not be able to get the education that they need and not to be able to experience it. And when you don't really have an experience with it, like a year or two in the smoking weed, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this shit's good. This, this shit's fine. It's not hurting me at all. You know? Well, just so you know, Castro smoked mids. Castro, Castro smoked mids in those cigars? He, he, those were not cigars. Those were mid blunts. Mid blunts? <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that where we get like a Cuban cigar roller from out here and just roll a bunch of a couple tarantula rolls and things of that sort. Always so I don't, I don't want to smoke spiders. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you have me confused. I know people smoke toads, you know, to get DMT. You know, oh, yeah, to lick them. Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> you smoke. You can smoke the toads. I think that we should have, probably have a toad licking bar. That would be kind of interesting. <laughs> Have a toad tender behind the behind the desk and all sorts of things. It's like, yo, bro, I got these toads, man. I got these toads. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because DC, um, you know, in this last election, decriminalized uh, DMT, peyote, mescaline, um, and, and psilocybin. So um, the the future in the next, you know, uh, battlefield for the war on drugs, you know, seems to be psychedelics. And there's even a bill here in Florida to examine, uh, you know, the effects of psychedelic mushrooms. I know a lot of veterans have said that the the, the psychedelic mushrooms uh, on a micro dosing level, obviously not the let's take a trip and talk to uh, people in other dimensions level, but on a micro dose level has helped them overcome depression and the symptoms of post-traumatic stress syndrome. So, you know, it, it all in all, what we've seen is that this nation politicized the war on drugs since the 1930s all the way up and you know um, through the second world war and and then into the 60s uh through various court cases you know eventually lost its existing um you know uh, structures that allowed prohibition in place and you know nixon came back in in 1970 with the controlled substances act and and that is the modern basis for the war on drugs and we saw it uh, hit hardest, and this was by design, uh, black and brown communities. Uh, Nixon's own domestic policy advisor said they knew they couldn't make it illegal to be black or brown. They knew they couldn't make it illegal to be against the war. But what they could do is heavily uh, make it heavily illegal to use any of the substances associated with various groups and to use the media to further propagate um, the, these myths that, oh, hippies are just uh, stupid stoners and, and, you know, and that the, the uh, heroin epidemic, the smack epidemic is, is ravaging these black communities. And then they repackaged it uh, into the crack epidemic. And it was interesting because as you do more research and, the, you know, and for folks who lived it, you know, people who grew up in the 80s, um, you know, there was this whole mass uh, scare tactics of, of, you know, the crack epidemic is destroying families. And yes, there are families and there are real consequences behind it. But it, a lot of it was over criminalization. You know, the fact that someone would go to jail for five and 10 years for this amount of crack 
versus someone who can have a bag this big of cocaine. But it's this big bag of cocaine that will make, you know, oh, f- uh, tons more uh, rocks than anything else. And so, you know, we see this this hypocrisy. But then we also see that marijuana gets tied up in a schedule one drug, that it's actually treated worse than cocaine uh, in a lot of places. And, you know, for many of the folks that have gotten involved in normal in the modern era, the ones who weren't, you know, around when it was founded in the 70s, you know, like Gary, you know, but for us millennials, <laughs> we've all had personal interactions in one way or another with an unfair law enforcement apparatus. We've seen the selective nature of it, too. We've seen where, you know, depending on what group of friends you have in the car, you know, the officer will just take your blood from you and let you go versus pull everybody out of the car, shake them down and, and, and try and make something bigger than what it is. And so that that is why a lot of us stand up to this injustice, because we've seen the racial racial motivations behind prohibition. And, and we know that it's not fair, even in our own backyard in Tampa. You're six times as likely to go to jail for weed if you're black versus if you're white. And now even with the hard fought battle for decriminalization and civil citations, we're still seeing, um, you know, that selective enforcement uh, among the, the TBD, among the officers. And so, you know, when, when Carlos says, you know, I, he can't stand Jane Castor, uh, right. I think the feelings are mutual across the board for many people and many activists here locally in seeing that a former police chief who under her tenure had a very corrupt department and that that department uh, corruption has not been cleaned up, but in fact, just swept under the rug. In many cases, how uh, the selective policies of enforcement, whether it's uh, you know biking while black and getting tickets because you don't have the right reflectors or lights on your bike, or if it's, you know, having a little bit of weed on you and, and being treated, uh, you know, like, like some type of animal and, and having your civil rights violated. All these different things all add up to, an uh, you know, a populace that's not happy with the status quo. And that's why you see this overwhelming support for ending the war on drugs, this overwhelming support for ending the, the you know, like you said, the victimization of people for nonviolent crimes. And we have to be careful as they move move forward to say make certain that the politicians don't throw in things that we don't expect them to that policemen can go ahead and use for their own discretion kind of situation. There is kind of an unusual situation going on right now. There is a bill uh, for telehealth that in the you have to understand how how a bill is written. You have what is called a short title, then you have a long title uh, at the beginning of the bill. In the long title, it's it basically is a chapter of. Uh, a table of contents. It says what's in all in the entire bill. In the House version, it talks about uh, telehealth uh, being uh, not used necessarily for re-examinations when you go to the doctor, and you go into the body and it's not there. But what that is there, it says that if you are talking about a controlled substance, then a telehealth is prohibited. Then you mm. go ahead and look at the Senate version, and you see the same phrase only. Cannabis isn't even in that short in the uh, in the long title at the very beginning, so it looks like they may be creeping some things in that actually eliminate telehealth. Now, now who's leaving on the uh, on the control? Pardon? Who's sponsoring these bills around telehealth? Uh, I'll have to go ahead and, and pull it back up again. I forget exactly which which one it was. I, 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 if I wasn't mistaken, I thought our old friend Ray Rodriguez, who's now oh, yeah, that's right. Actually, they're both Rodriguez's, but neither of them is Ray. Uh, on the Senate side, it's it's Anna Maria Rodriguez. Okay. And, uh, on the House side, uh, it's Anthony Rodriguez is that, that the new House, House member. That would be crazy if it was Rodriguez. If, if it was Ray Rodriguez. Well, we have yeah, because we have, you guys were talking about like the ten percent caps being used to distract people and that yeah. 
Yeah, know, exactly. we were talking about that before the show. Well, that uh, it's always the the uh, the the, the uh, six million pound elephant in the room. But basically, what they're doing is they're again hinting at the fact that they're going to do a THC cap again this particular session for the third year in a row, and they're going to attempt it in uh, by way of somehow slipping it into some bill somewhere. Uh, if if the last two years show anything, is that. This THC cap, they slip it in there. They bring Bertha Madras from is it Harvard that she comes from. That, that talks all about how cannabis constantly causes psychosis. And she's, some college that should ask for their diploma back. That, that's what college yeah. And she, <laughs> she, she uses a study which basically starts with, with here are the whole bunch of people who have psychosis, and we check to see how many of them use cannabis, which is exactly the opposite of the way you should do things. And it really is, does not actually make its point. But what this does do is it takes all the advocates for cannabis and it focuses them on a laser-like beam at this THC cap. And you have to wonder, is this a political move to take us off of our game, to, to distract us, to be concentrating strictly on this so the other things might be sneaked in the back, in the back kind of like that telehealth bill yep. that automatically yep. make telehealth uh, illegal if, if, you don't, if, if, if we aren't all watching, if we aren't all vigilant. Yeah, or even divide our efforts and energies around important things like getting employee protections passed or, you know, other bills which have decriminalization and expungements uh, added into them. There is so much capacity this this session. I mean, if you just go onto the Florida legislature's website, whether it's the House or the Senate, you just type in cannabis or marijuana and you'll see the plethora of bills that, that come up. I mean, Carlos, we have a plethora of bills. <laughs> a plethora. <laughs> it's like, do you not know what a plethora is? Sounds religious. <laughs> but no, but here's the thing though, guys, is that if they were the like, holy plethora. I get the idea of like there's all these like like politics is chess, it's not checkers, right? Like, you know, like you gotta you gotta do uh, sometimes some sneaky shit happens. And I wouldn't be uh I, I'm not doubting that people try to put 10% caps on THC to distra distract for some something else. But that shit still scares me, though. And, like, I feel like we should put a little bit of effort in making sure that a 10% cap doesn't go on because it still has a real legitimate way of passing. You know, every time that they've tried to pass it, right, there was, there was hope for it to pass. Like, they were sneaky about doing just that, too. Like, you know. They were willing to kill a major nursing certification bill two years ago that, that, that the uh, Department of Health and Human Services really wanted to go through. But they actually let it die that year to be reintroduced the following year just to stop the, ca the cap because the Senate had no taste, had no interest in moving that cap forward. And so mm -hmm. they, they killed what well, was a decent bill that uh, – so, like Harrell was so pushing forward. what are you saying that a ten percent cap is never really at risk? Like the like the Senate just has no plans on passing a ten percent cap. Well, again, that that would be guesswork on my part. And as as much as I'd love to be able to think that I'm a seer, I can't be one hundred percent certain. But I just the way the that politics word. have worked the last two years, they have they had anticipated that we would be laser focused on trying to stop the the cap. And I have no doubt that other things were happening in the background. So you'll pardon me if I don't get 100% into the cap when I, when I go to Tallahassee. But there are other bills that we do have to fight for. We do have to be concerned about the things that are trying to move, move forward, like our employee protection bill, the patient protection bill, tourist reciprocity, the home grow bill. 
all these kind of things, yeah, uh, expansion of qualifying conditions. We need to move these things forward. And if everybody else is concentrating on that, these things might go by the wayside. We can't let that happen. Mm. Mm. But that would really suck if we get employee protections and then they can't get anything above 10%. You know, it would just suck. It would suck to to take, you know, one step forward and two steps back. They actually were considering last year of only having a 10% for the uh, the pediatric. And that was an, an interesting mm. clause. But it's still basically a tax because even if a child needs more than 10% THC, they're going to have to buy twice as much. Mm. And so, therefore, it's essentially a tax mm. on, on, our, on our pediatric cases, which is, again, not fair. Yeah. oftentimes... When you have a parent of a child who is in need of this medicine, that family is most more than likely financially strapped taking care of that child. And if anybody knows people who, who are taking care of a special child or a sick child, you understand what, what hell they go through. And they don't need this extra thing put on top of them. Mm-hmm. So more, more power to the cannon moms, and et cetera, out there who, who have to, had to deal with this and the price of things. I mean, somebody put a friend of mine in Michigan yesterday posted the fact that he had gotten a uh, an ounce of shake in in Michigan for forty bucks, that was mid shelf, and uh, I said, "Damn, it's not Florida, is it? No, it's not even close. I mean, to get an ounce here in Florida, you're still talking about three hundred dollars at least. Even even with shake, I don't, I can't see. We have what seven grams of shake available for twenty five dollars, fifty dollars." Depending yeah. on which one you go to, so I mean, you can get like an ounce of Gary, shit. but but hold on, I want to be clear because that's not how it's advertised at the MMTCs. They they won't advertise it as shake. They won't advertise it as subpar product. It's ground flour. That's what it is. It's ground. It's pre ground. <laughs> pre ground. Pre ground for you. Pre ground. How is it possible to be pre ground? <laughs> pre-ground is whole flour, friends. I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell you this is pre-ground flour. That means it's it, it, that means it's still whole if it's pre-ground. I mean, I just, that's, that's just logic and English, so right? To me. <laughs> the marketing in the in the in the modern industry is just something else. To see uh, how. <laughs> How, how they can you know market these products you know like oh yeah let's let's figure out a way to sell our shake what are we going to call it how about we call it pre-ground flour like <laughs> oh man who's in the marketing meetings i want to talk to that guy <laughs> yeah I, the, the, the marketing people are are the real mavens in a lot of these mmtcs the way that they they promote their product the way they, they promote their business the way they promote their business acumen uh means so so much i mean MedMen had the idea that they could create the new normal by creating a brand that would be so normal looking that it, it wouldn't be considered a uh, formally illicit substance. And they pushed hard on that. Unfortunately, they, they had a lot of other issues in regards to how they spent their money. So MedMen is kind of a cautionary tale as to how to blow everything. <laughs> but the I mean, idea of creating a, a, a brand that looks normal was not a bad idea. They don't have any integrity. No integrity. No, no integrity. No integrity. No integrity. <laughs> integrity how are you going to build a brand like that and not have any integrity? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know anything about integrity, you should definitely check out the last two seasons of South Park. They mm-hmm. have parodied this idea time and time again. Uh, my, my favorite was when uh, Randy decides he's going to expand integrity farms into China and he gets arrested going through customs with just pounds of weed. <laughs> 
Yes, don't take pounds of weed to China. It would be very bad for you all. You think the U.S. is bad at prohibition? Uh, there are some other regimes out there. I remember reading about a guy who, uh, he, I think he was in the United Arab Emirates. I think it was like Dubai or something. And he smoked a J before he got on the plane. And, he, he you know, he, he put it out with his foot. And apparently some of it got between the creases in his sneakers. And when he got to the airport, he had like a little bit of a J in his, in his foot. And they, they tried to throw 30 years at him in Dubai. Uh, for for that little bit of Man, a, a drill. Wow. traveling traveling with my sister is like there's always like a five minute situation where she like sees a drug dog or no she sees a like a bomb sniffing dog and she's like bro you don't have anything on you did you smoke before you came here do you smell like weed you don't smell like weed do you <laughs> and it's like sis come on all the weeds in my checked in luggage uh, we're, we're, still, we're still dealing with uh, a lot of antiquated ideas at uh, uh, my, my 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 friend who passed away. Uh, other people knew him, Bill uh, Monroe. Uh, uh, a yeah, couple years ago, a, he was yeah, he was working at a Three Boys Farm on a you know twenty four hours a day practically for a while while they were getting their, their stuff going, and he wore this set of, set of gym shoes while he was working working on the uh, on the grow room, and then he took his kids to Disney World that week and he wore the same sneakers. Now Ooh. normally he had, he had you know extra clothes on all that bit and for the. Uh, for the bunny suit or you want to call it to keep things clean but there happened to be some residue on his sneakers and one of the disney dogs pinged on him i didn't wow. know disney had dogs like pluto well no it wasn't pluto <laughs> this this one was was more on a leash but it, it, it did ping on him and then they were getting ready to throw him out of the park and he had to say i happen to work at that place could you really smoke or use any of that stuff that's on my gym shoe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you want to lick my gym shoe? Go ahead, but I don't think you're gonna get much out of it. It's like there you go, there you go, followers. Don't step on weed and go to Disney World. Oh my you God. Lick, your, lick your sneakers first. Pluto, Pluto <laughs> will bust your ass. I mean, what is what is Mickey giving the poor dogs over there? He's just hopping them up on drugs so they can sniff them out, huh? So yeah, just for the record, I, I do want to establish that like for America loves dogs. We all love dogs. Right. And to that point, that is probably one of the most inhumane things to do is like, hey, we're going to take this loving animal that loves us unconditionally that we've we've uh, evolved with over you know several thousand years. And we're going to turn them into a junkie. So <laughs> then that way, when they're an adult dog, they're going to just give me the drugs, give me the drugs, give me the drugs. Where are the drugs? Where are the drugs? So to me, I've, I firmly believe the next step once we can protect patients' rights is to move on to the inhumane treatment that is the job of the uh, canine drug dog. It's just wrong. To I get had a dog no idea that's what this. it is. So yeah, what, they, they take them as puppies. Did you do that on, on purpose? Coat. Did you get the dog to come up on purpose? American <laughs> <laughs> love dog dogs. There. So they, 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 make, they get dogs addicted to coke? And weed and everything else at a young age, and then the dog knows how to sniff it out, just the way you did, Carlos, as a young teenager. You tried it, and then when you're with your father years later, Dad, you smell that? You know, same premise. It's like I don't smell anything. It's like those. But guys you had that killed. choice. You it, had the like, choice. Go and ask the dog. Like Does that way. mean that Carlos did a job with TSA? <laughs> <laughs> if Carlos was a TSA agent, nothing would get past him. I would yeah, not. Have shot. Would you please stand to the side here? We need to have Carlos come over and sniff you, please. <laughs> <laughs> Get, get in the line, get in the Carlos line. But then, I, like, to get coke, <laughs> like, to be able to find coke, I'd have to be addicted to coke. 
Exactly. Oh. And that that's just, you know. Look at this. Look at the countries we're talking about where it's the most dangerous to bring uh, cannabis into the into the country. China, the Arab Emirates. I mean, look at history and look at what cultures first developed the use of cannabis as, as a pharmaceutical. Ancient China was right there. They were the very first ones. And then after the uh, after Marco Polo and after Genghis Khan and then the things started moving to, to the West, that's when you, you started seeing the Arab uh, states started to grab that as well. Although they had it in the, in the ancient uh, biblical times as well, but not <clears throat> in the mainstream. That's just messed up. And, you know, uh, and of course, Mexico actually made cannabis illegal before the United States did, but they did manage to get back to being legal before we did too. So mm. more, more power to Mexico. Everybody hey, Mexico made slavery illegal before the United States did. Believe it or not, in 1829, Mexico outlawed slavery and many people fled you know, south as well for their freedom. And the United States actually, you know, tried to pressure Mexico off of this. They wanted a Fugitive Slave Act, you know, that, that Mexico would return, um, you know, people who have liberated themselves and have fled the South, uh, slave states, you know, into Mexico. So, you know, uh, our, our brothers and sisters uh, south of the border definitely uh, have been more progressive and forward thinking on a numerous social issues uh, than the United States. But I think, Gary, what it goes down to is that uh, many of these countries we just talked about, have authoritarian regimes uh, that do not want people questioning their authority, that do not want people questioning their politics. And the fact is, is that when you smoke cannabis, you have an interesting perspective on what is important in life in many cases. And, you know, authoritarian regimes, whether it is uh, the United States in the 70s or whether it is, you know, China in the modern era, or whether it's, you know, the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, of course they don't want those people, uh, their people out there questioning what's going on in smoking cannabis and, and having critical thought. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we see it so heavily criminalized in Southeast Asia, even though it grows wild out, out, in, the, out in the woods. Okay, here, here's the thing. To all you despots out there who who want to run your country, and uh, I, I give uh, you know, a big uh, sorry dude to uh, Trump who tried to be someone didn't get didn't quite get there, <laughs> but <clears throat> to all those despots out there, realize that if you do legalize cannabis, you'll have a lot less people ob objecting to you. It's kind of like I want you all to have your underwear on the outside. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it cannabis makes you question authority or you're just like cool with it <laughs> like I don't, I don't i don't get it it's like i don't like the way that civil rights is happening in this country but i'll wear my underwear on the outside yeah that's it <laughs> gary's like gary's like yeah of course this train has <laughs> gone off the tracks i don't know where we're at anymore so, so guys 10 percent thc caps huh remember they fucking suck don't they <laughs> we <laughs> we 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 who have boosted super egos who have greater decision-making ability than others can prioritize the bullshit and put it down and, and concentrate on what's important. Like Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. I don't want to concentrate on that shit. That shit's going to make me depressed. Okay. Well, I don't well, have anybody that loves me. Every, actually, Carlos, everybody loves you. No, well, you don't. Your, your problem is that nobody <laughs> in particular. You brought me a cookie? Liv brought me a cookie. See, look, people you love you, Carlos. Thanks, Liv. <laughs> I do feel love now. Oh, 
You know what? Let's talk about Valentine's Day now. There you let's, go. <laughs> let's talk about Valentine's Day. I think it is so important to get your significant other flowers that they can smoke rather than wasting $20 on a, a bouquet of roses. Just saying. There'll be so much. Uh, like, the, like, have you guys seen that meme where it's like a box of candies, but it's all buds and a little. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think I have a jar of those, as a matter of fact. You have a jar of buds? Yeah, of the buds with a Z. Yeah, chocolate. But so they're, they're really kind of cute. What did you get money for Valentine's Day? Jar of buds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's not easy buying for, for a, a wife who no longer has her eyesight because the Hallmark cards don't make it. It's like, what's this piece of paper? You know? <laughs> so you, you have to be a little so more, the, more creative and a little more hard. So out. the bag of weed works really well because like it excites the smell factor. Right, and she can smoke it. Like you should get it. Yeah, the jar butts. Actually, I I went ahead and I decarbed a uh, certain amount last night, and the house just kind of like smells of that baked weed smell, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, I, we're, 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 I'm doing my own infections this year with the help of other people as well. Nice, very nice. It's it's all getting down to the brass tacks, right? I'm, I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at now. Question is: Saint Valentine's Day <laughs> is, it, is it based on a Roman pagan holiday for Eros? No, it's, or, or is it actually the the, the patron Saint Valentine, who is the, val the patron saint of, of what, uh, Chris? Well, you know, Saint Valentine was a uh, a Roman priest who was conducting Christian marriages uh, in private. You know, at a time where uh, having a Christian marriage uh, was not necessarily allowed. And so uh, it, it, it did, interestingly enough, uh, morph into this. But like all modern holidays, we lose the actual stories behind it and such. And uh, I, I just I find it quite interesting to learn more about the historical figures that these the saints are more than the um, idolized or uh, commercialized versions of folks. For example, Santa Claus uh, uh, was actually St. Nicholas, who was actually at the Council of Nicaea when they were deciding which books were going to be in the Bible. And he actually walked over and, and bitch slapped uh, a, a guy for saying Jesus was not a divine being. So I thought it was quite interesting that Santa Claus pimp Ann is quite strong, but you know he's not the jolly fat guy that, that we see everywhere posted all over the country. So you're telling me that St. Valentine did not invent the, car the conversation heart? No, no, no. Unfortunately, that was a good old fashioned Hallmark, you know. Well, who, who invented the box of chocolates then? Uh, American capitalism for the win. Bad people. <laughs> <laughs> American capitalism that wanted to get people fat. I mean, you can tell when Christmas is over when all of a sudden all the shelves turn pink over at Walmart. So they put row after row after row of, uh, of Valentine's candy out for two months prior to it. And but the, the best prices, of course, are tomorrow morning, guys. I wish there was some sort of like weed story behind St. Valentine's Day. Like, honestly, there there's like Santa Claus comes from like a bunch of different like St. Nick is not the only thing that, you know, Santa Claus is based off of. It's a huge part of it. But like there's like this big mushroom legacy behind Santa Claus and whatnot. Like, I wish there was like some sort of like St. Valentine's. I'm so like I'm so smoke weed to with like the people that like he married underground or something like that. You want a Krampus? The Krampus, yeah, you Krampus. know that's, that's the Dutch version that has, uh, what was it, ten little uh, midgets or something like that that steal children, put them in bags, and steal them away if they aren't good. 
St. Valentine stole weed from children and put them in bags. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I just no. want to start a religious story about weed and Valentine's. Well, then we should change it around so that Valentine's, he actually gives out bags of weed. There you go. Then or St. Valentine's or, would like smoke weed with, uh, I don't know. I lost it. He smoked weed. <laughs> there you go. So you well, need- here- you know, here's an interesting thing in, in thinking about, um, you know, cannabis was widely used in the ancient world in, in, in many cases. I mean, we have documented evidence of it being used. You know, you have to think, were, did these guys hotbox it? Did they, did they pass it around? Was Were they in the rotation as well, you know, all these years ago when they were deciding uh, all these various things that we now believe in today? Uh, so I, I just I, I find it interesting that, you know, from a historical perspective, thinking about how human beings are now and, and, and how they were back then. I mean, I think if some of our lawmakers actually jumped in the rotation and, you know, maybe had a had a session before they decided to go out there and sponsor some of these bills, like caps on THC percentage, maybe they yeah. would think otherwise. You know, I, I'd really like to pass one of these 27% uh, THC flower uh, uh, joints to these bill sponsors and be like, hit this and then tell me what you think. And, you know, obviously watch them not turn into Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde and, and, and go on a murderous rampage. They'd, they'd be just fine. They'd probably sit there and be like, yeah, what was I thinking? And I'll tell them you were thinking that you were going to take checks from drug free America and the rehab industrial complex. And you were going to use those checks to get reelected. And that's why you're pushing these bills. I mean, let's call these policies out for what they are. They are the influence of big money and the influence of other industries constantly inserting themselves into the war on drugs, constantly inserting themselves into the fight to end cannabis prohibition. And we have to come back and spend time, energy and resources to combat them. And to Gary's point, there are so many other great fights out there that we need to be having that we have a limited amount of time, energy and resources to vote to. And it it does become a distraction. Um, One of the distractions was when they were uh, trying to attach this to a, a bill a few years back uh, around giving veterans free cards uh, for, for you know, being medical cannabis patients. We are all in favor of giving the men and women who have served this country, you know, the opportunity at a minimum to not have to pay the state uh, for their medical cannabis uh, card. And yet they'll attach bills like this as amendments uh, when they're not going anywhere. We call them poison pills where you have to make a choice between saying, no, I'm not going to support this. And now now the opponents or the proponents of this will say, oh, look, you don't support our veterans. Like, no, I very much support our veterans, which is why I'm not going to allow a 10 percent THC cap, because the only people who should be determining what amount of THC you consuming are you yourself and you're in consultation with your doctor. And even if your doctor were to tell you, yeah, maybe you should slow down, like, oh, maybe you should let me run my own body. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely trying to get us off of our game. <laughs> One more point about Romans before I forget. If Brutus and the senators had been in the rotation, Caesar would be alive today. Oh, if they could just talk that out, right? <laughs> well, he might not be alive today. He might be a little bit older, but. You should know, of course, Caesar was, of course, somebody who who had used it regularly for his epilepsy. Mm. It did say that in uh, Pliny, the uh, the elder, the, the the physician, had mentioned the fact that whenever Caesar had a epileptic fit, they would take a, a a cane wrapped in wrapped in a vine, put it in his mouth to keep it from swallowing his tongue. Mm. And the, the rumor has it that that was actually a cannabis cane, and that actually helped reduce the the epileptic fit. 
Interesting. Interesting. You know, I've always had this great idea for a show that we should do where we're like we encounter this uh, this magical, uh, uh, you know, smoking apparatus, call it a water pipe, if you will. You know, I know Carlos is there chilling. We have to call them water pipes because of our our good friend, the, the senator from Florida, who passed that ridiculous law that we have to call them water pipes. <laughs> Bong is wrong, Daryl. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, imagine encountering one and then, you know, you hit it and it rips you across time you know, through a wormhole or something. And then, you know, you go to all these historical events and, and you know, you influence them by uh, by, by just passing it, passing it around. Would, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to be at the Last Supper, you know, and, and turn out it was it was actually Judas, you know, maybe he was uh, he was just hogging the J or, you know, he was babysitting it, you know, he, you know, he just had to get smacked. Hey, like, get out of here. <laughs> Judas told on Jesus because he was hogging the joint. Well, the problem maybe. was he actually bought an ounce for 30 pieces of silver, and that was kind of a high price at the time. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy in charge of the money. You imagine how mad, how mad the other 11 would be? Like, dude, you spent what? <laughs> he, came back, he came back with some boof, you know? That's why, he, that's why he got written out of the 12 in the, in the Bible. <laughs> and now he's frozen in the 10th circle of hell. Yeah, and for the record, I, I got a message on Facebook. Someone just said, if your show's going to go off the rails and talk about things other than cannabis, don't post it in our cannabis group. And I'm like, look, this is the rotation. This is what we talk about. We have fun, right? We're not that serious uh, about everything. Yes, many times it is business. We're talking about these very serious issues, but we like to have fun. We like to have some levity uh, in this because these 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 policies are so tragic that there are people out there who are really sick, who are experiencing the worst day of their lives right now. And this plant can give them relief to get through to the next day. It can give people relief and hope to not be in pain, to not feel suicidal and to move on to the next day. So I'm sorry if us going off the rails every so then uh, talking about subjects that for some people might be sensitive. But the fact is, is that there is nothing more sensitive than the patient struggling right now to make ends meet and that the system that they live in is either overpriced and out of their reach. The doctor's recommendation may be overpriced or out of their reach. And the fact is that they still have to go to the black market and trust, you know, someone who you know may not have the best interest of heart or may be ignorant to the fact that, hey, uh, the, the cannabis they got may not be up to par uh, for a medical patient. It might have uh, pesticides. It might have other issues with it. Uh, but the fact is, is that um, people are even in the legal market still getting moldy medicine. People in the legal market are still getting medicine that's that's not bringing them relief. So when politicians come around and say, "Oh, the system is dangerous because we're we're putting out all these uh, high high THC dose uh, medicines," the fact is is that people need those high THC dose medicines to fight cancer. They need those high THC dose medicines to feel relief in life, to not feel suicidal, to make it through to the next day, to to medicate themselves into a light coma because of PTSD from either a sexual assault or their time in the military where they took lives, uh, you know, on behalf of this nation. And, and they, they come home and don't get the relief that they need and the counseling and resources that they need. And this plan is the only thing that brings them relief. That's why we do this show. And so for those out there who might have an Maybe. issue with us making light of these things, I want you to know that we are very serious when it comes to these issues. And we, we will Maybe we should hit the time travel bong and go back to when they started that Facebook group and smoke them out <laughs> so they can relax. <laughs> well, we, we, want, we want to keep it late because we want to keep people's attention. I mean, this, this, is a, this is a show which is more than five minutes. It's obviously those with their short attention spans, which is most of us in that nowadays. I need to have something. I, I lose focus. Something slightly frivolous to keep us on on board, so we can get all make all our points each day in the week because there's so much to say. 
And to be honest with you, a lot of people don't get a chance to listen to it. They don't have $10,000 to have a membership towards the, MMP, the MPP's latest coalition. And they don't listen to all the, the blunt talk and other, other podcasts out there that are all about business. And so they might miss these things, which eventually may actually affect them directly. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're here. We're kind of here to rope you in towards uh, reality and bring you the things you might not know about. And we'll throw a couple of things in the way just for curveballs just to see if you're still awake. Because yeah. I was to do that to you. And I mean, look at it like this. A Jew, a Catholic, and an atheist walk into the rotation. There you go. <laughs> no, that's, that is, that's funny as shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. How could you not want to tune into that show and hear what they're going to have to say this week? <laughs> and, and a progressive, an independent, and a uh, libertarian. Ah, jeez. Come on. Come on. I'm not a libertarian. <laughs> I'm independent like you. I just lean towards the libertarian side. So, I mean, to be fair, Carlos isn't his college roommate libertarian who was once a libertarian candidate for office and a satanic Nazi, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not that kind of libertarian. Invictus. <laughs> you gotta love that guy. At least he's not wearing a boot on his you, head. You know, uh, my ex, I'm, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't talk about ex-girlfriends on the show, should I? Let's not uh, talk about ex-girlfriends on the show. But, yeah. uh, somebody yeah. We have the, uh, the ex-Valentine's Day. <laughs> let, let, let's just say I know somebody that ended up dating him. And, oh, yeah, wow. that, went, that went bad. Now she's somebody that you used to know. Nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's on the police blotter somewhere. <laughs> well, anyways, sometimes you smoke weed and you end up becoming a, a, a pagan Nazi. Uh, that's oh, never happened to me. Never, never. It's yeah. never happened to me. I never once thought, mm, yeah, mm. you know, me and Gary got some beef. It's, no, it never happened. Never, never, never. I don't know what I mean, blood that guy's smoking, but he needs to smoke something else. I, I I mean, it's, you guys can deal with me and my like non God stuff when you know. Well, maybe you're just the looking weed forward helps. to the fact that this particular week is the week when you guys are supposed to say goodbye to meat for a couple of weeks, the Mardi Gras. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have to do anything. I don't. Fat Tuesday and the Carnival. I just, I just have to party at Mardi Gras. I, I stocked up. I stocked up on fish at Costco, so I'm I'm, I'm good for the next forty days or so. Have, have, Kano, have you ever tried to like give up weed for Lent? I had to give up weed under court order for 10 months <laughs> in 2014, 15. And you quite remember how irritable I was during yeah. that time period yeah. where, where our whole organization over collapsed over the letter I. <laughs> so, so I, I would say this much, the, the, the prohibition of cannabis is, is more harmful than anything. Yeah, you know, we could have just call it the Spring Leaf International Festival. It, it, and, then, and then everybody you know, would have been could have added an eye in there. Could have. Everybody would have been happy. You know, it, it's it's hindsight. For those of you who don't know, um, in twenty fourteen I was arrested for getting my father of medical cannabis when this is prior to Amendment 2 passing. And this is one of the uh, motivating factors for Carlos and I, or at least for, for my personal uh, perspective of founding this chapter. Uh, we, you know, many of our board members uh, have all encountered um, various, you know, instances with prohibition and, and its, its unjustness in one form or another. But for me, to think that, you know, this is the only thing that can help my father. Uh, the doctors are telling us there's nothing else out there. Uh, I can't wait on the politicians because, as a matter of fact, by the time they implemented Amendment 2 in summer of 2017, my father had been dead six months. 
So the fact is, is that when your loved one's lives are on the line, you can't wait. You, you have to make that decision between being a law abiding citizen and doing what's necessary to keep your loved ones healthy and alive. And so I made that choice. And that choice cost me my freedom. It cost me tens of thousands of dollars. It cost me several months sober in a court ordered drug rehab program in order to keep my record clean. And I think that, that those uh, facts are why people need organizations like ours. That's why we're a membership based organization. Why many of our members say, this isn't right. I'm a sick patient. And, and I shouldn't be going to jail for this. I mean, you think you're sick now. Imagine being behind bars, you know, getting the non-organic food that you get, you know, uh, in, in Orient Road or, or uh, Coleman uh, Correctional up north. You know, they're in this state. Uh, prohibition is still very real and it, it, it varies from county to county, municipality to municipality. And if we're going to talk about municipalities real quick, I would like to put Sarasota on blast because oh, apparently yeah. Sarasota County thinks that uh, even if weed becomes legal, even if adult use becomes legal in the law of the land in the state of Florida, they're going to opt out because for some reason, Sarasota is just this beautiful place to live that we can't allow cannabis to come into, which is ironic because if you watch Claws, there's an entire TV show uh, of how you know Manatee and Sarasota counties are the center of the pill mill epidemic in the state and how you know it's just sad that that's pop culture now. That, that 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 you know it, you know anything south of Hillsborough County between here and Naples is uh, is part of the center of the pill mill epidemic, which makes sense. I mean, you need to have people with enough money to buy these uh, these fentanyl laced pills, and the type of people who would go to the doctor to get their drugs rather than going to the uh, to to the stoner down the street. Now, yep. it, it's interesting that Sarasota is not the only place so far that has put that kind of thing in place. Marco Island. Uh, mm -hmm. by, by Naples was the first to do that. You know, it's, it's happening in in, in a high rent white district. Well, uh, <laughs> well, geez, Gary, I, that's uh, that's kind of a coincidence, isn't it? I was going to say Republican, but Gary just that, was great to task. Rich you, white people did. <laughs> Gary's like, you know, white people are at fault here, right? <laughs> Not necessarily. No. It's white folks, you know, in, in Marco Island, by the way, where is, Boehner has a house. Is Marco Island, like, actively lobbying the state to make sure that they include a clause saying that uh, counties can, like, opt out? No, they're this, just saying but, on their own that they plan on opting out regardless. So, so it's making it they're trying to preempt laws, basically. Uh, like, oh yeah, well, if y'all so, pass that law, it's already illegal here. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that the Sarasota, this the whole Sarasota thing was actually so interesting to me was because like Sarasota is actively lobbying the state. They're they're at the point where they're like, yeah, weed's going to be legal. We understand it's going to be legal. Okay, it's it's coming to Florida, but we just don't want it here. So we're going to get ahead of this here and we're going to make sure that we lobby the state to make sure that they allow us to opt out. And then the next thing is, isn't Munchies 420 in Sarasota? Like, doesn't that like kind of like that? That kind of sucks for them. Well, if they stay medicinal, the bill will be okay. And um, another thing, too, is like the city of Sarasota, like the city, not the county, but the city actually decriminalized weed like pretty severely, like pretty like like lately, right? Yeah, guys. <laughs> so, so, so the circus, the, the circus leaves town, and Sarasota goes nuts. That's that. That's that's what it's all about. 
Gary, this is the 21st century. Nobody, nobody knows about circuses anymore. They're, they're illegal now. They're, they're, they're gone. There's no, more Ringling, there's no more Ringling Brothers. I remember as a child, my grandparents taking me to the greatest show on earth. But uh, for those who don't know, uh, Florida has always been the winter home to carnies and to circus folks who, you know, in the summertime, they travel up north. They have circuses everywhere. And in the winter, uh, it was always interesting that we always had the Ringling Brothers show in January, February. It was always fun as a kid to, have to go to Ringling Brothers in January, go to the Florida State Fair in February, go to the Strawberry Festival in March. I mean, I, I used to love the wintertime. But, you know, you're coming off of Christmas, you know, as a little kid, you're just in this whole consumer culturalism high. Um, and then you realize that, you, you know, um, it, and Sarasota, money doesn't clown zero. Should I, I should say clown zero. <laughs> There's a, apparently, uh, let me, I, I kind of want to go back to, cause like, this is a question I want to ask you guys. And we like completely got derailed, but the uh -oh. 10, the 10% THC cap is only on flour, right? It doesn't include concentrates. Well, it'd be kind of hard to put it into concentrates. Concentrates are usually hanging between 60 and 90% THC. Yeah. So that, that is, it, my point is it wouldn't be concentrates illegal for medical use, right? Well, you can imagine a wax that uh, is 10% of kind of like earwax. Well, yeah. let me, let me be clear about something. You want to dab this, earwax? This is, no, <laughs> oh. I do not want to dab earwax. Do not dab Carlos's earwax. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a line that I draw. It's actually, it's actually 80% THC. I would not be surprised, Carlos. <laughs> but I, I want to say this. As, uh, Gary, did you happen to tune in? I know the Florida Cannabis Action Network were live streaming hearings in the state of Washington, in the Evergreen State, because it, that is ground zero right now for caps on concentrates, is that they had hearings, uh, was it was it, uh, Friday, uh, around, you know, uh, uh, bringing in parents and bringing in people from uh, uh, various uh, universities locally that are saying, you know, oh, the these high concentrates are a danger to children, and they're and we need to you know, limit them or make them illegal and and put caps on them. So um, just to understand that the stakeholders in prohibition are launching this fight all across the country in various states, and they're looking for wiggle room, whether they can get the 10% THC cap on flour, or whether it's in Washington state where they are attempting to cap the THC and concentrates, but it is there. So don't think that it can't happen. And, Garrett, and Ray Rodriguez has, has, has often said that there's a 10% cap uh, in the Netherlands. Well, here's the deal about the Netherlands. <clears throat> yeah, they have coffee shops where you're allowed to go over there and, and smoke whatever you want. Uh, but realize that all the, the cannabis in those coffee shops is black market, every single bit of it, because the legal stuff is 10% or less and people just are not, are not having it. So that, that, that's, that's where we are. And if they, if the guy, if, if Ray says we should be more like the Netherlands, that means we should have a policy where people can smoke in coffee shops on the street. Yeah. People can break the law in coffee shops. Is it's a, it's a policy of toleration more than anything yeah. else. And they don't Carlos, really have a If that's place. the case, you need to start serving Cafe Con Leche and chilling, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're no, no, not Cafe Con Leche. I would so much Cafe Con Leche, you have no idea. I found out that Cafe Bustelo actually has Cafe Con Leche K-Cups. And so I went on Amazon. I got about uh, 200 cups or so. I, I use them frequently in my own house. It's nice to get a just single dose of them. So, single the, dose. Yeah. <laughs> You're microdosing cafe con leche. Absolutely. Since I was like <laughs> five years old. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys, we're we're running a little long here. Well, you know, I, I want to go back to one last thing Gary touched on. Uh, Gary, you mentioned earlier about uh, how you know cannabis and THC uh, affects the the ego part of the, the psyche, and that alcohol affects the id. What happens when you drink infused alcohol? You know, I know, I know we have some friends that have infused, uh, uh, um, you know, wine companies. <laughs> you know, there's cannabis infused uh, uh, beers and ales now. Well, I was just curious to know, uh, are those, uh, you know, what happens when you, when you drink infused uh, alcohol? I, I think it should require a lot of research and a lot of study. Uh, I'm willing to uh, possibly offer myself as, as a subject to that and just to see what happens. Just make certain that, you know, tie me down if I don't turn into a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, just me down anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, time me up and get me high. That's, <laughs> that's the weirdest show. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. We, we do want to mention the fact that here at Florida Normal, we are a membership-based organization. We do need your subscriberships. And if you do subscribe and become a member, not only are you going to be out there handling the legislation in Tallahassee well actually back and forth uh, using Zoom calls right now. But you'll also get, uh, where is it, this fantastic pin, which makes a very big, uh, interesting conversation starter in supermarkets. People ask you about it. And you get this fantastic, and don't forget, we still have mask orders all over the place, a genuine Suncoast normal mask where people say, you want to put your money where your mouth is? This is where our mouth is right here, right in Suncoast normal. And you can be a part of the action and you can be part of the change. And we have that thing put up there. It's suncoastnormal.org. And uh, we have some new uh, some new executive members uh, to yeah. our organization this next week. Yeah. You want to go ahead and throw a quick intro, intro before we uh, head out? Uh, just uh, Debbie Lamora from uh, uh, Green Hat Gals. Hey, Green Hat Gals. Has become our new events director. And we have a, a new... Uh, communications director who's uh yeah shout out to dj howard for joining our board as our new uh director of communications she hasn't communicated to me yet (laughs) (laughs) maybe she hasn't started the job that's the whole thing no we'll 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 get to it so hey carlos i just want to point out that link there it says suncoast.org not suncoast normal and so Uh, i just i don't uh, want anybody going up to a suncoast credit union thinking they can get their 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 suncoast normal mask let me, let well, me that would be a nice it. perk, you know, with a savings account, right? You know, hey, do it for the teachers. Do it for do it for the teachers. How's that? How's that, Kino? How's that look? Suncoast Normal N O R M L dot org membership, and don't forget to get your mask too. Absolutely, I lo- yeah. I love doing the cold credit things, huh? Uh, we, we are getting close to the uh, the session. We're almost finished with, with committee weeks. So we have a couple more committee weeks and it actually starts the first week of March. So we will be getting active pretty dang soon. We used to have these lobby days over in Tallahassee, but right now they have the building locked down tight. So we can't exactly do it this year, Mm. but we will find virtual ways to handle it. We do have bills already in the mix and we are going to move them forward. And we're going to ask for your help to make some contacts with your representatives and your senators and what the heck, call the governor. If you want to have fun, (laughs) contact our, our great uh, commission of agriculture, tell her how you feel. She, she has a little bit of clout left up there too, I think. And uh, let's move things forward. So uh, the best way to, you know, figure out what's happening with lobbying this session would be to follow us on social media. Suncoast yep. normal N O R M L 
right? And also tune into the rotation because, you know, in between talking about, you know, uh, whatever weird things we were talking about on this show, um, we'll talk We'll talk about cannabis legalization. It's, it's easier so, on a Facebook post to be a little more focused on the business <laughs> of that sort. So watch Sunday the- Sunday morning is a big focus day for me. <laughs> so watch us live on all our social media platforms. We could uh, find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. And uh, you could uh, watch us live right off of our website, um, suncoastnormal.org. Watch live and uh, become a member. Join our membership things. And uh, of course, you can download this show if you, uh, you know, you 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 can't see, but you can hear. Right. You can go on download the rotation, uh, download the rotation on SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes. We're actually on Google Podcasts right now, but Google Podcasts is transitioning to YouTube Music. So. And if you are a member, don't forget to renew your membership because we would hate to dismember you. I think I need to resume. I I don't think I I've renewed my membership and. I don't want Gary to dismember me. <laughs> I know some folks have their membership set up as recurring, so it, it'll bill you automatically. Uh, so just remember, if you are on an automatic membership, that does come up. So yeah, we're not we're not here to dismember anybody. No. And on that note, <laughs> we're out of here. Hi, everybody. See you next week in the rotation. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.